was looking at different verses, and I came across Psalm 100, and I um, went with this. Our main point today is the Lord our God blesses those who realize their need for him. Thank the Lord. He is pursuing us. And then I asked a question, how can we join the pursuit? Because if you think about God's love, you think about God's faithfulness, it's unchanging, it's steady, and it's steadfast. As we go through, we see some amazing things is that God is always there. God never leaves the path. God never strays, does he? God never changes. The only one that strays, the only one that walks away, the only one that leaves the path is on our side. And I always think, I don't know why this is, but I always put God on my left. I don't know why this is, but I always stray to my right. In, in my imagination, I, that's, that's how I picture it. And I wander off, and God just waits there, and he looks. And maybe I'll ask a question or two, like, oh, you having fun over there? You uh, enjoying yourself? And I'm, sometimes I'm like, well, yes, I am. I, or I'll try to justify my actions. I'm just trying to get these people over here. They're, they're walking over, and i got to go where they're going. Well, you don't do that if you're, uh, what they say, if you're an alcoholic, you don't go to the bar to preach the gospel. Um, you don't um, go where your sin is going to encroach on you, right? And so it's a matter of perspective. And so as I went through Psalm chapter 100, it was pretty easy as the Pericope title was, a, psalm, a Thanksgiving psalm. It was like, oh, well, there you go. That's the psalm to go to, right? Um, psalm 100, verse 1, it says, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. It is a command to shout. It doesn't say, it might be a good idea. It says, shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. And why would we do something like this? So I asked myself some questions, and I'm going to ask you these questions today. Who's the one who rescues? Who's the one who saves? Who gives strength to the weak and hope to the hopeless? Who does that? The Lord does, right? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all, all three, of the, all the Trinity does that, right? And there are various different ways, shapes, or form. And sometimes, in a minuscule times, he can use the church and our friends to do the same thing, right? But God always starts the process. It always starts with the Lord. Friends, when we shout and let our joy be that of defiance to sin that entangles, then we shout to let the healer of disease do his thing. We shout to let the, the lifter of emotions do his thing. In Psalms 103, a couple over, 1 through 4, it says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. 
Do you see that? He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. If you've ever been sick before, if you've gotten better, it's because the Lord allowed it. It's because the Lord said that's the way it's going to be. Verse 4, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Think about David as he wrote this, or the psalmist. I'm pretty sure it's the psalm of David, but I'm not 100% sure. As they wrote this, the Messiah had not come. The Messiah was not there. They don't know what it means to have a true redeemer in Jesus Christ. They only know redemption from the Lord. And they come to the same conclusion that the Lord's going to redeem. I think that's just wonderful. The Lord's message hasn't changed. It hasn't uh, strayed from the right or the left. It has always been about redemption. As soon as sin came into the world, the Lord is going to redeem. So who cares for you like our God? Who can compare to his might and his power? No one can, right? Yet the Lord in all his strength and all his power can be gentle enough to meet us in our pain and our sorrow. Right? When we're going through whatever we're going through, whether it's addiction, whether it's repetitive sin, whether it's um, someone inflicting pain upon us, whether it's emotional pain, uh, that there's always ups and downs during the holiday season, isn't there? Some people think the holidays are great, and some people think I could rather, I'd just rather not have the holiday seasons because it reminds me of what I've lost and what I'm going through. And it brings up a lot of pain. But God is our redeemer. He is the one that makes all things new. And that's exciting to me. Because his faithful love endures forever. Psalms 136 is a responsive reading. And so I'm going to read a phrase. And then I want you to reply back. His faithful love endures forever okay give thanks to the lord for he is good his faithful love endures forever give thanks to god of gods his faithful love endures forever give thanks to the lord of lords give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. Give thanks to him who places the earth among the waters. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. And that's where we're going to quit today. It goes on. It goes through the trials the Israelites had. And do we focus on ourselves and our own strength and our trials? Or do we thank God for his faithful love, which endures forever? Do we have remorse for our sins? You're like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, that's actually a good thing. 
That's actually a good thing. That means you know right from wrong, for one. And two, it means that you have the ability to move toward right or toward righteousness, right? It's good to mourn over sin because God's faithful love endures forever. And I could hear some of the NIVs coming out in there too, right? Uh, His love endures forever is what it says. But I enjoyed the NLT coming in and saying his faithful love endures forever because my love is there, but faithful love doesn't endure like the Lord's love, right? It's when that kid is doing the same thing over and over. William will enjoy this one. We were going to the couple side on Friday to Thanksgiving, and I told William about one of my dreams. And it was about these boys that were in a, a weird spot. So at first they were on the Green River Bridge by my parents' house, and then we were in my music room in um, grade school music room. And Craig and I were getting ready to give the the. We had had all our fun activities done. We had, we brought these boys in to give them the the talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus, and and so I get ready to open my mouth, and I hear this. And I'm like, all the, every single one of the boys all went, knee. And I'm like, what? Ha, ha, ha. So I went to talk again, and they went, knee. And I was like, okay, guys, that's kind of funny. Uh, but now it's time to drop and listen. Knee. And I'm like, okay, um, all right, let's knock it off. Knee. And Craig gets up, and he lectures them, and he says, guys, if you were doing that to me, I, I, I would just quit. We'd just go right now. What you're doing is rude, and it's disruptive, and you need to listen. And I was like, I agree with Craig. So I, I walk up to this boy, and I start talking again. He goes, me. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And it's like the message of God's trying to come out, but this disruption is coming in, and I'm getting worked up. And you know what I did? I woke up. And I woke up, and you know what was going on? Me. It was my nose whistling to me. (laughs) And that's what I heard in my dream as I'm getting ready to preach this great word of God. It's my nose whistling to me. And how many times can we be like that whistling nose when the Lord's trying to preach into our heart and it's like, and it's disrupting us, right? And it's like the Lord, our God, blesses those who realize their need for him and thank the Lord he pursues us even when the knees come on, right? Um, how many times do we distract ourselves from what the Lord's trying to do? And, and our distractions are many times it's, it's the next thing. Or I have this, I want this. Um, I have this car and I could be content with this car, but I want this. Or I have this house, I want this. And where we need to be 
and pulling in an attitude of gratitude. And that's verse 2. It says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him and sing with joy. What do we have to be thankful for? Do you go down around at Thanksgiving and ask, what do you have to be thankful for? That's a good practice to do, especially with those that don't go to church because it reminds them that there's something bigger. And sometimes they've thought about it more than we have, and they blow you away on, wow, they are thinking about these things. But if you find out what people are thankful for, that is a direct way in for the gospel. Because you know what they care about, you know what is important to them, and that is something that we could all work together. So let me put this all in perspective with another story. It's called, Take Your Goat in the Room with You. So in Budapest, a man goes to a rabbi and he complains, Life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in a room. What can I do? The rabbi answers, well, take your goat into the room with you. The man, incredulous, well, how's that going to help? And he says, but the rabbi insisted, do as I say and come back in a week. And a week later, the man comes back looking more distraught than before. He says, I can't stand it, he tells the rabbi. The goat is filthy. He gave us fleas, ate all the food in the house, and tore up our best clothes. And the, the rabbi then tells him, go home and let the goat out and come back in a week. The radiant man returns to the rabbi a week later exclaiming, life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute and of it now that there is no goat and only nine of us. Right? It's all a matter of perspective. It can always get worse. It can always get more dangerous it can always be a little bit deeper in the hole but if we remember to rejoice in what we have and be content with what we have and then we work the process the lord will watch out for us he will bless us and that might be through attitude it might be through character building Character building. That builds character. Uh, I've heard that many a times in my life. And it might be through possessions every once in a while, right? It might be. The Lord does do that. But it's not always one of those three. Meaning, it's not always character building. It's not always an attitude blessing. It's not always uh, possession blessing, right? It's sometimes one, sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes all. Being thankful is a matter of perspective. How you choose to look at life will affect your attitude of gratitude, which raise your latitude of joy. As Christians, we need to express our gratitude to those around us. Who are you grateful for? Who's someone in your life that you're grateful for? And have you expressed that to them? We have about a month before Christmas comes. We have a lot of family members that we could express our gratitude toward. Who helps keep things in perspective? Who's somebody that you've written down? Maybe, I hope, I hope you have. I stuck it up there in the corner again. Somebody where you live, where you work, and where you play, where you church. Those four things could be four people that you run across your path. 
And maybe it's one of these four people you need to thank and say, I appreciate all that you've done in my life and how you've uh, been steadfast even when I've been a jerk or maybe when I've been um, on my highest of high, you've always been there to ground me. Things like that are important. We need to let them know because it's important to express that gratitude, right? The Lord our God blesses those who realize their need for him. Thank God he is pursuing us. How can we join that pursuit? One way is to let others know we appreciate their gratitude. We are chosen by him. Psalm 100 verse 3, acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We are not in charge. We are not the shepherd. At best, I could call myself a sheepdog, right? I am not the shepherd. I get orders from the shepherd. I have his word. I have his manual. I know how to do it. I always think of Wiley Coyote and the sheepdog. Have you ever seen those uh, Looney Tunes um, out there? And the sheepdog never, ever loses to Wiley Coyote because he's listened to the shepherd. He's disciplined. He knows what it means. And that's the thing about walking as a disciple. It takes discipline. It takes discipline to pick up your Bible in the morning. It takes discipline to want to change. If I want to quit smoking, I have to stop lighting up. It's got to be farther, fewer and farther between. It's got to be a change. Or you can catch COVID, and that will stop you right there. I've had more people say that. They lost their sense of taste, and they quit smoking because I can't taste it anyway. I was like, that's awesome. One blessing of COVID. Uh, so that's, that's one thing there. We are not in charge. When we recognize this, I think one of the best places to go when you realize that you are not in charge, is Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. It says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Why is it theirs? Because you recognize that you can't get to heaven by yourself. You need to surrender to the Lord. Right? God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Because when do we mourn? When do we mourn? Most of the time in our life today, when do we mourn? When someone dies, right? We mourn death. When we lose, even when we lose a good pet, we mourn death. When we lose something that we had, a friendship, we mourn then. Those are the times I can think of the most. What leads to death? Why do we have death in our lives? It's because we have sin in our lives, right? So we need to mourn sin like we would mourn death. That's what that verse means. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Not are they mourning death, but they're mourning the sin that led up to death. Okay? It's important. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. And this comes back to we are not in charge. We understand and we respect God's authority. And we acknowledge our need for God. We mourn over our sin and we serve 
in Jesus' name, right? It's important for us to recognize that we serve because of God's grace. And it's not because we want to earn God's favor. They sound very similar, but they're very different. They even kind of look the same. You can both walk over to the food pantry, both hand out boxes, and in your heart, one of you could be right and one of you could be wrong. Right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to hand out these boxes because I think I can earn God's favor. No, you can't. You surrender to God And out of that, you have a desire to hand out boxes. What? That's how it works. That is the the difference between um, a Protestant and a Catholic. Catholics believe in a a works-based system. Protestants believe in a grace-based system, especially evangelicals. Evangelicals are getting a bad name these days. But that's because we're watering down God's word. We want to say, God's love, God's love, God's love. Is God love? Absolutely. But God is just too. And if we don't talk about his judgment, if we don't talk about sin and how bad we are, we'll never understand what it means to have the grace to encounter that love. Because the Lord blesses those who realize their need for him. We have to recognize that need. Thank God he pursues us. Thank God. How can I pursue him? Praise his attributes. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. If If you ever walked in... That doesn't make sense what I got written down here. If you ever walked in gates, then you should look like, okay, if you ever walked in grace is what it's supposed to say. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. If you ever walked in grace, it, it should look like you belong there. What does somebody who walks in grace look like? They're humble. They don't talk about their own accomplishments. They talk about what God has done for them. They talk about their past. I used to be this. I used to sin. I used to whatever it may be. I used to be proud. I used to be arrogant. I used to um, commit adultery. I used to um, disobey my parents. I used to run away from the Lord and lie and steal and cheat. And not the way you may think, but I did it in little ways that I, I knew it was wrong, but I wanted to get away with it. And then Jesus happened. And I don't, I don't have a desire to do that anymore. I, des- I have a desire to give him the glory, to give him the honor. And when I do that, I get to see strength. I don't put on a show of emotional happiness and come to church and I'm a good person and look at me. Um, No, if I come and I do this as your pastor, if I'm having a bad day, you can tell. 
let me tell you, uh, I am all up here going, I'm trying, but I'm just barely getting by. And I'm going to be honest with you, because why should I lie? Why should I lie through my actions? I try hard through the weekend to make sure that I'm ready to go on Sunday. And then the more I follow the Lord, the easier it is. But even this week, the Lord's reminded me, it is not my kingdom. It is his kingdom. It is not my glory. It is his glory. And how many times have I told you I've struggled with that? He reminded me again this week. And I give him the glory. So I'm not focused on the problem. I'm focusing on my Savior, my joy, my Jesus. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, Now just as you accepted Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. This was the theme for that tree at the bottom of the stairs downstairs, wasn't it? Pretty sure it was that. Um, so as we grow down deep, we will raise up the kids program, and the fruit would be kids, right? But we can do this in other ways, too, like our joy. As we root down in who has caused you joy, who has allowed you to have joy, who brings you joy? Let them know. I thank God every day for you. And I thought I should let you know that. Who brings, what brings you joy? Maybe there's something that you like to do. Maybe there's a pastime. Maybe you enjoy woodworking. Maybe you enjoy um, knitting. Something to that effect. Can you share that with someone? Did you share the kitchen this week? That's a great time to express joy to one another, serving one another. Can you share it with others? The Lord, our God, blesses those who realize their need for him and thank the Lord. He is pursuing us. How can we pursue, join that pursuit? The last one, he continues, so we continue. God is faithful, so we are faithful. Psalm 105, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. His faithfulness continues to each generation. In a relationship, it takes both sides to, to give sacrificially to make it work. If one side chooses to take all the time, the relationship is destined to fail. Both sides must learn to trust each other, right? In any relationship, if you've ever watched the movie Forrest Gump, when he and Bubba are in um, the swamps in Vietnam, and they are, it's pouring down rain, and they're trying to sleep, and Bubba says, Forrest, I'm going to push up against you, and you go ahead and push up against me just as hard as I'm pushing up against you, and we'll keep each other upright. That is what the Lord is doing. As he continues to be faithful, we push into his faithfulness. And as we push into his faithfulness to rest, he will push back into ours just as strong. It is a great relationship like that. And we stay out of the muck. We stay out of the mire. Yeah, it's pouring down around us. Yeah, it stinks. 
But guess what? Because we have a brother to lean on, and we have a God who sustains us in that, we can work together. Since he continues, we can continue. But what happens is one side takes and the other gives. We fall in the mud, don't we? What's the danger? Maybe it's allowed. Maybe that's the way the relationship was built. The problem with that is one side becomes too dependent on the other. They center their lives on that person to make sure they stay strong, and so the relationship is strong. But what happens in that situation? Haven't you made that person your God instead of God our Father? A lot of people will call that codependence or something similar to that. The, that relationship will not sustain over time. It will break down and fail. God has the uncanny ability to lean into us from both sides to sustain us. The first side is his holiness, his perfection, his power, his authority. It all relies on his holiness, this is God the Father. The second side, his redemption. As sin wages war in our hearts and our minds, there, he is there redeeming us. When we fall, when we are defiant in sin, when we are broken and in need, and we are stand, standing on then we can stand on his rock of salvation when we stand before him in his grace. It says, give thanks to the Lord for his good, his faithful love endures forever. And I can also think of a maybe of a third side that's pushing as well as the Holy Spirit that is coming down and watching over us and making sure that we are in relationship with him. Our Redeemer is Jesus. He is our example for righteous living. He in turn asks us to set the example for others. For whom are we setting an example? It should be four names on your bulletin, right? Those are four people I am I am setting an example for, whether I like it or not. Maybe sometimes they're setting an example for me as well. The question is, what does your example look like? Does it look like Jesus? Does it look like something else? The Lord our God blesses those who realize their need for him. Thank the Lord. He is pursuing us. How can we join the pursuit? The easiest way to join the pursuit is prayers of thanksgiving, reading your Bible, and getting to know um, serving in the church body probably is, is a, uh, the third one that's pretty simple. Serving one another, right? So where do we like? We like to be served, right? But if everybody's serving one another, then all the me- needs are getting met. That's how it goes. One way we can serve our community is through the boots and things as well, right? So that's one way we can do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that you are a God who cares for us. You you're a God. We thank you for lifting us up, Lord. You don't have to pull us out of the muck and the mire, but you do. 
Lord, we thank you for sustaining us on your word. We thank you for a foundation that is true, that is faithful, that is just. And Lord, we thank you that your love endures forever. When we walk away from you, Lord, your love endures forever. When you uh, see us, when you get angry, your love still endures. You correct us, you bring us back to us. And when we follow your ways, your love still endures. You bless us in many, many different ways, through our character, through our emotions, through our um, physically sometimes, Lord. Lord, we pray that we would have an attitude of gratitude this uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas season, Lord. We pray through these holidays that we would make you number one in our hearts and so that we would want to serve one another. Guide and direct us closer to you. Lead us, protect us as we go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You're dismissed.